Our first reading is from 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, verses 12 to 23, which is entitled, Paul's Change of Plans. For our boast is this, the testimony of our conscience, that we behaved in the world with simplicity and godly sincerity, not by earthly wisdom, but by the grace of God, and supremely so towards you. For we are not writing to you anything other than what you read and understand, and I hope you will fully understand, just as you did partially understand us, that on the day of our Lord Jesus you will boast of us, we will boast of you. Because I was sure of this, I wanted to come to you first so that you might have a second experience of grace. I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and have you sent me on my way to Judea. Was I, was I vacillating when I want to do this? Do I make my plans according to the flesh, ready to say yes, yes, or no, no, at the same time? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you has not been yes and no, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Sylvanus and Timothy and I, was not yes and no, but in him is always yes. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. But I call God to witness against me. It was to spare you that I refrained from coming again to Corinth. Not that he lorded over your faith, but we work with you for your joy, for you stand firm in your faith. And now we go to Hebrews, chapter 10, 19 to 31. And that is talking about the full assurance of faith. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a fearful expectation of judgment, and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who is set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy, on the evidence of two or three witnesses. 
how much punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is fearful to fall into the hands of the living God. And this is his word. Our text verse is from 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20. For all the promises of God find a yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our Amen to God for his glory. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, people can someone sometimes disappoint. We all do sometimes disappoint. And that's because we are breaking our promises. Your wife or husband promised to have a bit of a break in their busy week. Spent more time at home because things are hectic. Need to mow that lawn. But then a crisis happened at work. They break their promise to you. You feel utterly disappointed. But you understand. And sometimes you don't. And that husband is in trouble. Maybe the wife. Sometimes people don't understand that you have to break a promise. They don't understand that you have no other choice in that matter. And because of that, relationships are strained. Trust is broken. They are angry, betrayed. Sometimes we are disappointed in our church. Sometimes in the pastor. What if your pastor is breaking a promise he made to you? Will you forgive him? Will you still keep him in regard? The Apostle Paul had to break a promise to the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 16, verse 5 to 6, he said to the Corinthians, I will visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through Macedonia. Perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. But he couldn't come. They were disappointed. And in our passage, Paul had to write a letter to the Corinthians, which we can call a sorry letter, sorrowful letter. Due to circumstances, he's not able to visit a congregation anymore as he planned to. And those chains of plans look bad, and the people were disappointed beyond measure. He was severely criticized by the congregation of Corinth as well. 
because he had to change his plans, not kept his promise. But Paul made up his mind to not take another visit to Corinth. And he said, I'm writing this letter to spare you some further grief. Verse 23. And he explained to the congregation in the previous passage that he had to endure difficult circumstances in Asia. So much that he despaired for his life. But he continued where many would fail. This is only because of grace. And he tried to explain it to them, but the people were disappointed. And they accused Paul of being unreliable. What can you do in such circumstances when trust is broken? But you are not guilty. It's beyond your control. What can you do when there are accusations against you? We can learn so much from the Apostle Paul and the Holy Spirit. God's word today. The Apostle Paul was following a pastoral approach. He stated that he had a clear conscience before the Lord. And prayed and trusted that the Corinthians would understand that. The Corinthian Christians who were so accustomed to other pastors, ministers, who were calculating, controlling, that I figured Paul, the founder of this congregation, must be the same way. Therefore, Paul, when Paul said he was coming to them, 1 Corinthians 16 verse 5, but did not, they figured Paul was manipulating them. They lost their trust. You've seen it today many times. I don't trust the church anymore. I don't come to church and my sermon this evening will be that it's our responsibility to come to church. This is the Lord's church. But I will serve the Lord as I own, people sometimes say. And Apostle Paul had to let him know that this was not the case. And yes, sometimes we tend to become cynical when promises are broken and when you are hurt. And a cynical heart always thinks when someone promises, yeah, right, you say this, but do you mean this this time? You aren't telling the truth. And the Apostle Paul had to assure the Corinthians that he told the truth and that he didn't communicate with hidden meanings. It was all right for the Corinthian Christians to be disappointed that Paul didn't come, come and visit them. But they were wrong to blame Paul for their disappointment. And there's some advice they needed to see Paul's heart and also the Lord's hand in these circumstances. They need to get quiet before the Lord. And therefore Paul had to come and bring them before the Lord. Explain to them in verse 18. As surely as God is faithful, a word to you has not been yes and no. Paul did not say yes and no. 
and mean yes. Let me repeat. Let me say it again. Paul did not say yes and mean no or say no and mean yes as the Corinthian Christians accused him. No, said Paul. I was preaching Jesus. Jesus who is completely reliable and worthy of trust. And it wasn't right for the apostle of such a faithful savior to be so quickly considered unreliable and untrustworthy. Paul could not so sincerely and so strongly preach about a Jesus was not yes and no and be untouched by that Jesus. And understanding that, that he's an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, should have made the Corinthian Christians more trusting towards the messenger, Paul. And so Paul wanted to take the focus away from him. And he said, God is faithful. And we can be faithful because we have received his spirit and were planted in Jesus in the true faith. Somewhere else, Hebrews 10 verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. That's our focus, the Lord is faithful. And who is this hope? This hope is Jesus. Jesus is Lord. There's no other. And the believers are required to publicly profess their faith in him and hold on to him. Trust Jesus. Faithfulness, as described in the Bible, comes from the Greek word pistis. And the Bible provides a fundamental description of pistis in Hebrews 11 verse 1. Faithfulness. It's also faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And we grow in faith as we use the power God gives through His Spirit to obey Him and build a relationship with Him and with one another. And faith in God grows in us, as He did in all those champions in Hebrews, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Rahab. And for their lives, we can see that God is always faithful. God always does what He promises. Romans 4, verse 18 to 22 so faithfulness would include being full of belief and confidence in God and all that God promises. And that's the connection between faith and faithfulness. God is faithful. And so Hebrews is the book in the Bible describing faith and the new covenant in Jesus. And that we can be faithful. Only in God for His Spirit. And as Christians we cannot walk with doubt in our hearts. We need to have certainty. Grow in faithfulness. And Jesus demands that we profess His name as our Savior in faith. And if we are left to be by faith and speak things by faith, then faith must be in our hearts as well. What is faith? Faith is not only a knowledge and conviction that everything God reveals in His Word is true. It's also a deep-rooted assurance Created in me by the Holy Spirit through the gospel, that out of sheer grace earned for us by Christ, 
not only others, but too, I too had my sins forgiven. I have been made forever right with God. And I have been granted salvation. And faith is the work of God. He works faith in us through the Holy Spirit. And faith is that channel of grace where we receive God's grace. We are not saved because we are good and just. Or because God saw, saw that we would believe. But by faith alone which he gave to us through his Spirit. And that's the miracle that our passengers want to teach. That it did not start with us. Faithfulness did not start with us. It's not my doing, our doing, our choice, but through the grace of God alone that we can be faithful. And it's because of the Lord's promises that he fulfilled in Jesus. And in Jesus we find the fulfillment of God's promises. As we have read in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 19 to 20. Paul said, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus and Timothy, and I was not yes and no, but in him it's always yes. For all the promises of God find their yes in him, and that's why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. Charles Spurgeon in his commentary, explains these verses from Paul and gives great comfort. We never might have had this precious verse if Paul had not so Ill, been so ill-treated by these believers in Corinth. And they did him a great wrong. They caused him much sorrow of heart. But yet, we see how evil was overruled by God for good, and through the unsavory gossip and slander, this sweet passage sentence was pressed out of Paul. Sometimes we are feeling down because of relationships and when trust is broken. We feel let down when other party do not understand your motives. We feel let down when gossip occurs. Do not trust that bloke. He's not reliable. Those times we need to hold on to God's word who is faithful. The Lord will never break his promises. And we can be faithful because God is faithful. Faithful in our marriages. Faithful in our relationships. Faithful in our words. And Paul explained that a Corinthians should be should, have, should not have been so hasty to accuse him only because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Verses 21 to 22. And he explained that we have been established in Jesus. Verses 21. He's a Christian. He has been established in Jesus. How are we established in Jesus? Hebrews 10 teaches that we have received the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ to be faithful. This is only by Jesus. We can enter now the holiest place by the blood of Jesus, that's God's throne, come to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith that our hearts were sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Verse 22. And it started on a cross. 
because and through Jesus' atoning work on the cross. And Hebrews then described what happened on that cross, the implication for us. It takes you back to the old temple with the curtain. The curtain of the temple separated the holiest and the most holiest. And God was with his people, and the temple was the testimony of that. But God is alone, only alone. And just once a year could a high priest go behind that curtain. Only one day, people were never allowed. There was a curtain. That curtain was a judgment that our sins separated ourselves from the Lord. But then Jesus died. He cried out in a loud voice. He gave up his spirit. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That means that we can now go to God freely. Have access to God. There were thousands of blood sacrifices over the years. Innocent lambs, sheep and goats that had paid the highest price for the sins of their owners. But they could not wash the stain of sin entirely. Only the blood of Jesus could do this. And Jesus did fully bear our sins. No longer is the mediation of a priest necessary to bring sacrifices on our behalf. Jesus has once and done this for us. God is faithful in delivering all the promises. Hebrews 9 verse 25 to 28. Nor was it offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood, not his own. But then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of this world. But as it is, that Jesus has appeared once for all at the end of the age to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for men to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, have, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time. Not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for them. And the curtain was torn. We have now access to God. And we can come to Him in boldness, with our pain, our disappointment, but also our sin and our gratitude. And our hearts were sprinkled with His blood, and we were cleansed from a guilty conscience. Therefore, Paul could say, I have no guilty conscience about this. And in Jesus, we are faithful. That was Paul's defense. Jesus, who died on that cross for him. What a wonderful defense to have. He couldn't defend himself. But Jesus could. That was his defense. But a question, how can we be faithful according to 2 Corinthians 1? Only through Jesus, only through the Holy Spirit. Paul said, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 21 to 22, And it is God who establish, uh, establishes us with you in Christ, has anointed us, who has put his seal on us, and has given his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. And so Paul referred to three aspects of the Holy Spirit working us. The Holy Spirit anointed us. We were prepared and empowered. That's what 
anointed mean. We were sealed as the signs of the Lord's Supper is also a seal to strengthen our faith. It's a seal that God is faithful, as you have heard this morning, out of grace. And if something was sealed, everyone knew who it belonged to. Therefore, God's people um, used the Lord's Supper. And this seal prevented anyone else from tampering with the item. And the Holy Spirit is sealed upon us to identify, to protect us. And the Holy Spirit has given us a guarantee. A guarantee in this sense, and you'll hear about this in 2 Corinthians 5 as well. That's the same meaning as a deposit, a down payment, a guarantee. And we have been given the Holy Spirit as a deposit that our Lord Jesus Christ will come again. Hebrews, for those who believe in Him. And the Holy Spirit is a pledge of greater things to come. We are sometimes not, but God is. God is our defense. Jesus is our defense. And therefore, faithfulness is also the fruit of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5. God is faithful, and we can be faithful because we have received His Spirit and were planted in Jesus in a true faith. And when Paul had to defend his ministry to the Corinthians, he could only say, God is faithful. Find his comfort in the Lord is faithful. Only in Jesus and through his spirit he had a clear conscience. This was a great comfort to him. God who judges. But also to the congregation. Beloved, we can learn so much from Paul's letter. Yes, people will disappoint especially if circumstances change. But be careful. Be careful in your approach and accusations, your questions, your judgment. Rather ask if the Lord has a plan with this, like he had a plan with Paul. And then bring your brother and sister before the Lord and forgive. And hold on to the faithful Lord. Do not judge. And for our brother and sister who have to break their word because of circumstances. Remember also to be careful. Because your actions will have an impact on your brother and your sister. Your wife, your husband, your children. You also made promises to them. Remember also that our actions will have an impact on the gospel. And therefore we need to examine our conscience before the Lord who is always faithful. And when you acted out of selfish reasons, and you were wrong, you need to come before the Lord in deep repentance. But be also comforted that our Lord is faithful. He has forgiven our sins in Jesus. And when you are falsely accused, when your reputation is stained, like Paul here, speak the truth then in love. Admonish in love. 
and forgive as well. Because the Lord has faithfully had forgiven us in Jesus. And hold on to the Lord who is faithful. The Lord who never breaks his promises. He has fulfilled them in the Amen in Jesus. This is a wonderful passage. But it also tells us that we have such a great responsibility to be faithful to our promises as Christians. It also tells us that sometimes we will fail, have to break our promises. But let our yes be our yes. And our no, our no. As our Lord and Savior Jesus taught us to do in the Gospels. He is the army, the faithful one. And remember that we can be faithful only because we have received God's Spirit and are planted in Jesus in a true faith. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we admit to you that sometimes we are disappointed in people, especially in the times we live in. And sometimes we judge with a measure that's so high that we don't even judge ourselves with. Then we gossip because we are hurt. Father, forgive us when we acted in such a way, especially where we use the Lord's Supper this morning. Forgive us when we act and judge with a measure where people don't deserve that judgment. But Lord, also we are judged. And we are accused wrongly. And then we are comforted this morning that you are faithful. That you fulfilled every promise in our Lord Jesus Christ. That we can come to you, hold on to you, profess your name. Proclaim the gospel in the only Lord that is faithful. Lord, we pray for this gift of faithfulness, the gift of the Holy Spirit, faithfulness, that we will hold on to Jesus, the Amen, the only one who is faithful, the truth, that when we testify, we only testify about Jesus, as your servant Paul did. His defense was Jesus, and because of Jesus he had a clear conscience. This is our defense as well, Lord. Our Lord Jesus Christ's blood has washed away all the stains of our sins. When we come before your throne now, Lord, we ask that we will be good representatives of your gospel. Forgive us where we sin. In Jesus' name, amen.